Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Value Script podcast, where we bring value every episode to the everyday person. Today, we wanted to revisit a topic that we had talked about earlier, and I think we kind of missed the most important part, babe. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do it. When we were talking about <laughs> parenting and what kids need, and uh, I think we missed. It was cathartic to me. I was like, hey, babe, kids need love. We really didn't talk enough about kids need love. Yeah, I think we t- we touched on it, but but really, that's the whole foundation of everything, everything that helps them to be able to get through life and and helps them to be the person that you want them to be. Right. Develop their whole their whole self. They need to feel loved and they need to feel secure. Right. And safe. That's probably should have been the first thing that we discussed on that. For sure. That episode. So um, one thing that I was reflecting upon was when I was reading The Master of Love by Miguel Ruiz. He was talking about the time when this two-year-old ran through the living room and her blanket knocked over the glass lamp and it shattered on the floor. And the father responded to that by yelling at the two-year-old to not run through the living room because she breaks stuff. And the takeaway from that was, in that moment, the daughter daughter was not in a learning state. She was in a self-defense state because she was being attacked by her father yelling at her. Now, the father... Because, like, dad's scary at that time. Right. Yeah, Yeah. she just felt scared. I mean, the father, well-intendedly, is, like, trying to teach discipline to the child, and and there was something that was just broken, right? Like, it was potentially dangerous. Yeah. And so I could totally see how I may react very similar, right? But what he wanted to point out is, is that kids learn when they're loved and when they feel safe. Kids don't learn when they feel like they need to defend themselves. And so in that moment, rather than that being a teaching moment, well, it was a teaching moment, but it wasn't a teaching moment to help the child learn the objective. What that taught the child was, my dad's kind of a bully, he's scary, and he can hurt me. And, yeah. and I reflected upon like my parenting style that really made a cathartic change in my thoughts. And I thought it's really important that um, as we are parents, even in times of administering discipline, we need to do it in a state of love. And if we can't do it in a state of love, then we need to wait to talk about that until we can. I think it's that's so good. And it's so important to realize that we're teaching them, not punishing them. Like, like from our perspective, it's like, gosh, why are you doing that? Right? Well, we already know why they're why they shouldn't be doing that, but they may not know. And so we need to teach them rather than punish them. And there that's exactly what you were talking about. Like when you're just when you're hard when you're angry and yelling and you're hard on them and and they feel you know, all the anxiety that comes with that, they're not going to learn anything. They're just going to remember that they felt scared and in trouble and all of that. I was thinking about as a kid, like I, I know that there were times and obviously that I got in trouble, but I really, that is not part of my core memories being in trouble as a kid. Like I really, I really don't remember being in trouble very much. A lot. Yeah. (laughs) I think my (laughs) mom was so good at, Correcting my behavior in a calm, teachable way. That's the only thing that makes yeah. sense to me. Like when he was talking about about that story, um, 
I don't know. I, I think that's why I don't have those memories. I think yeah. my mom was just really good at correcting in a positive, loving <laughs> well, way. There's always like trying to figure out ways of how to, you know, it's always like, how do you discipline your kids kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I kept slamming my door when I was like, Probably, <laughs> I only uh, laugh because I slammed my door. My my mom, yeah, threatened to take the door off the hinges. <laughs> See, my parents did that too. They said, "You slam that door again, we're taking the door off the hinges." Slam the door again. My dad comes down, throws the hinges off, goes to take the door, is carrying the door like, and my I don't recall this, but my mom does, and uh, I look at my parents. I go, "Oh man, this is so much easier to get in and out." <laughs> my, my problem solved yeah. baby my dad's, my dad's carrying the door and he looks at my mom and he's like what the hell do I do now that's awesome yeah alright so uh, back to um, what you were saying it made me think of you know, a meme by Hank Smith and my the first meme I ever saved on my phone and it says thinking of a child as behaving badly disposes you to think of punishment thinking of a child as struggling to handle something difficult encourages you to help them through their distress. And and a lot of times when our children do something, they're actually trying their hardest to solve a problem that they have or, and, and, you know, come up with a solution in some way. And they don't have the life experience of an adult. So a lot of times it looks really messy and bad, but that's the best that they can think of in the time. Mm -hmm. So then when you come at them and you rip them apart, it really just destroys their soul because they were doing their best to solve a problem they had, even if they weren't doing it well, or even if they were actually causing more more trouble. A lot of the times, kids are actually just trying to solve problems, but they don't have the, the skill set mm-hmm. or the knowledge or the yeah. wisdom that we have to be able to solve the problem. So we're able to look at them and be like, well, that was stupid. Yeah. How'd you do that? But in their mind, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm stupid. I was trying my hardest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're destroying them. Well, I'm going to butcher this quote. But it's something along the lines of like, the kid won't learn the pot is hot until he touches the pot. You know, it's like a kid doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. They're learning. And I know we've all had experiences when you're in a store and you see a mom just uh. wailing on her kids. Like it is heartbreaking. It's so hard to, to see that and to, and to, you just, your heart breaks for that child and it's like, oh, that's just, it's not, not the right way to do it. And, and certainly we all, you know, get stressed and have high emotions at time and, and don't, don't always parent the way we want to, but it's mm-hmm. good to reflect and, and always try to do better because you're, you are shaping them, yeah. you know, and you don't want to be your child's first bully. I, mean, I heard I, that. I heard that somewhere. Like, don't oh, be your child's yeah. first bully. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I got the wooden spoon when I was. I got I the think wooden we, spoon. I got the belt. I think we talked about the wooden spoon and the belt because I remember talking about how yeah. I loved one of my when we switched to that the wooden spoon in my house because it really didn't hurt, but my mom thought it did. And, yeah, and it, but my, my brother put a uh, pot on his butt, but then once the <laughs> ding ding, <laughs> and then my mom, you wait till your father gets home, and then it's just a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing I want to talk about real quick. Um, One of the things that made me feel love, and I think you're really good, and I don't think, I know you're really good at expressing love to our kids, but, um, like, the whole wait till your father get home thing, like, yeah. that just kind of turns him into the enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He turns into the scary monster. Yeah. 
Like that's yeah. to me, and it's, that's an easy way out. Like solve the problem there. Don't make your husband the enemy before he even walked in the door. Like the kid's afraid of the dad. He's intimidated by him and he's already scared of what he's going to do before he even sees him. Yeah. You know, the, like how fair is that to the dad? Yeah, no, it's not fair to the dad and it's not fair to the kids either because you really are shaping their mind to have those thoughts like dad's scary. So now when dad gets home, now dad's going to hurt me, right? Yeah. Punish me and like I wonder if it's like that, that old school good. mentality though. I, like I think so. Fear inflicts respect in a sense. Better I, to be respected than loved. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just that old school mm-hmm. mentality thing. Speaking of love though, Meredith, you are phenomenal at showing our kids love as a mother. So and and your your mother and your whole has taught your family to be a very loving family. In fact, I tell your family all the time that the best thing that they're good at is showing love. Mm-hmm. How did mm-hmm. how did you guys do that? Um, gosh, well, I think it came largely in part from my my mom. My dad is my dad is very loving and compassionate too. But um, just a, growing up in different dynamics, you know, different different home life. But but I, my mom is incredibly patient. I think that's one thing that is a gift of hers. She's just very patient. And so, even though um, there were six of us living in a six kids living in a three bedroom trailer, like it was chaotic and, and, you know, stressful, certainly a lot of the times, but, but at the same time, I don't remember my mom being angry. Like I remember her being stressed and busy and things like that. But when it came to interactions with us kids, like my mom's not an angry mom. And so I don't know, I think growing up like that's one thing as parents we've got to remember like what what do you what six i'm the oldest of six that's impressive to have that many kids and to be able to still show love and like patience in close quarters (laughs) and to do it that well yeah the look on your face i'm just saying we have seven kids and i don't yeah it <laughs> it's very impressive. <laughs> it's very impressive. <laughs> That's probably all I'm gonna say right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. My my parents I have I have amazing parents. They're Christ like and loving and um I I don't know. Just you know, that's one thing like certainly my dad played a role in that too, but my mom was home with us most of the time when dad was working, of course. And, and so a lot of that came from her and just her example. I always knew, even when I was doing things that were wrong, I always knew that I could go to my mom and talk to her about it because she wouldn't blow up at me. She wouldn't, she wouldn't overreact even. She would lovingly help me through it. And that, that was huge I think that's so important because like if, you know, if, if you go to your parents and like, hey, I I messed up, you know, I need help. And they're like, yeah, you screwed up. I can't believe you did this. You know, you're better. We raised you better than that. Are they ever going you, you, I'm never going back to, you know, those kids right. are never going to go back to the parents and, right. and, and seek help. Yeah. You know, and the same thing, like if your kid spills the milk at the table and you yell at them for how stupid that was and how they just need to not be so clumsy, they're not going to come to you when they have 
problems with their boyfriend or girlfriend or, mm-hmm. you know, or their mm-hmm. friends at school because they're going to think, well, I'm stupid and clumsy. I should just figure this out. Right. Right. That's and they're not going to come to you with the big stuff if no. they can't right. even what, trust you with the, the little, little things. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a story you had brought up a while back. I th- can't remember which kid it was, but you guys were starting to Amazing. argue. Yeah. 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 That kind of reminded me of like, this so I can jump into that too. Love. So I was I was actually thinking of that too. So you know what you're talking about reminded me, unfortunately, of one of my worst parenting moments when we just come home from a youth activity. It was a Sunday night, and Macy was in the kitchen and said something, and I said something back to her, and she kind of snapped and started yelling at me. And I looked at her, and I was like, "Oh, you want to yell? I'll show you who can yell." You know, and then all of a sudden, and then I caught myself right then, but I had already broken her heart. I had already, you know, gone ballistic. And fortunately, I caught myself in that moment. And I said, hey, wait, this isn't working. Let's decompress. Let's meet in the family room in 10 minutes. We came back. We, we watched something inspiring that helped us both calm down and, and feel, uh, you know, a spirit of love in the room. And then, then we addressed what was going on. And I don't even remember what it was. I have no idea either. I just know it got intense really fast. But I don't think that was one of your worst parenting moments. Oh, really? What was my worst parenting Because moment? you changed it around. All I'm saying is... Actually, oh, yeah. Which one was worse? <laughs> no, but Dang you, it. I mean, that, yeah, that moment was not good. But you turned it around and it and it didn't stay bad. Like, you know? I think one, another thing that you're really good... Thank you, by the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, when you were speaking about the time you spend with the kids and, and the time your mom spent with the kids. And uh, I want, I'm going to tell a story about being present, but do you remember the Doug Fields lecture we went to and he had these little stickers he hung, he hung out and it was a bee with a little present that the bee was like, you know, bee was flying, but it was holding on to this present. And, and he was like, I went home and I was like, I was so proud of this design. I showed it to my kids and my kids are like, oh, great job, dad. What? Bee gift? Right. He's like, no, it's be presence, <laughs> be present. Right. <laughs> right? <He's> like, Dang <laughs> it. <laughs> like, so as parents, when and when you're there, he was really talking about relationships in general, but especially in parenting. But be present when you're with the people you love. Be present. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's more than just your presence. It's it's your your being there, contributing. You're not distracted with your phone. Not distracted with your email. You're not distracted with TV or watching the football game. And sometimes watching those, doing those things together as a family is totally great. And it's but when you're when your children want your undivided attention, and if you don't give them that presence, they're gonna feel it. Mm-hmm. It's important to give them the presence. And when you're at the dinner table, be present. When you're playing a game with your child, be present. When you're when you're outside playing the football with them or whatever, be present. It's very important to be present. Did you find the video? A jubilant Billy headed to the sideline with his hands raised, yelling, How did I do? How did I do? Dan thought the coach, What do you mean? How did you do? Mixed with emotions, he realized he was looking over top of his head at his dad, who had never made a game. In five years, he had not shown up. And dad turned around and saw in the crowd Billy's dad standing and screaming, you did great, son. You did great. I got to tell you guys, there's nothing more powerful 
to your children than when you are there as a father. It makes all the difference in the world. Man, I love that video. It really strikes a chord <laughs> within me. Um, breathing technique, the puff. <laughs> <laughs> emotional beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially this week being an emotional beast. And um, But it takes me back to when I was in seventh grade. I was playing football. And my dad, football season was always during cotton picking season. And cotton picking season and then cotton planting seasons, those were seasons where there were times when I didn't see my father for two weeks at a time sometimes. And it wasn't intentional, but unless I went to the field and rode on a picker with him or unless I was working with him, but during the school week, you know, he would wake up at the crack of dawn. Sometimes he would wake up before the crack of dawn in the wintertime and go to the pickers and they'd have to service the pickers and then they could, they could pick all day, but then they had to afterwards, you know, they were done picking for the day. They had to, you know, do more service on the cotton pickers so they could, they could pick the cotton the next morning. And it was a very intense time. And he would, you know, leave before I would wake up for school in the morning and he would get home after I was even in bed at night. And in fact, one time I remember one day we had a football game and it was during picking season. And I didn't know if my dad was going to be there or not, but I figured he would because he almost, he was almost always there. Always, almost always there. And in fact, I think he was always there looking back. But I was, that particular day, the game started and my mom was there but my dad wasn't. And we were playing and all of a sudden there was this kid that was, he had always tried to bully me even though he was smaller than me. And he would always try to intimidate me and it was just this emotional contest. And I think because of the way he felt about himself inside and the way he saw me is the reason he reacted that way. However, he looked up and he goes, oh my gosh, look at Lonnie's dad. And I thought, oh, my dad's here. And I looked over and he goes, look, he's all dirty. He's, he's covered in grease and dirt and he looks like he's homeless. I can't believe he came to the game like that. And a friend of mine, thank you, Tate, walked over and I was like, hey, Where's your dad? At least Lonnie's dad's here. And I just looked at my dad. He was covered. He was covered in picker grease, cotton dust. He was dirty. He was tired, you know, but he was there. And he stayed and watched the whole game. And after the game, he came up to me. And he gave me a hug. He told me he loved me. He told me how proud he was of me and how good I did. And then after that, he went home. We, we went home. I went home. And dad went back to the field. And that two hours that he spent at my football game, it wasn't like he got to take two hours off. He had to spend an extra two hours that night. So instead of coming home at nine, he came home at 11 that night. And the next day, he still had to get up at five and go to the field. But yeah, that was a powerful display of love that always stayed with me. That he was there. And even though it wasn't ideal, you know, he probably would have loved to have gone home and showered first. He probably would have loved to have gone home and put on something that was presentable, Right. But what was more important to him than anything was that he showed up. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, I think as parents, we, we tell ourselves, well, I've got this and this and this going on. My kids will understand, 
right? My kids will understand if I don't make it. My kids will understand if I don't do whatever they need. And they might, they probably will understand just like you would have understood had your dad not been there. But what a powerful impact that had on you that he was there and he showed up. Like that is a core memory of yours that you will have forever. You knew your dad loved you and he sacrificed to be there for you. And due to his example, right? I, I pay that forward. I strive to, I strive to make sure I'm at every one of my kids activities and games and, and um, contests and you know even when it's not a banner moment just to be there and be present even if it's not pretty and ideal showing up being present it meant so much to me it's yeah beautiful. it's powerful it's powerful absolutely you know i think a lot of times too kids don't necessarily remember the circumstances and exactly what was said or what was done but they're gonna remember how you made them feel they will always remember how you made them feel mm-hmm and take the time to help them feel loved, right? That's that's everything. Show them, show them that you're interested in them just as a person. Sometimes we get so caught up in correcting behavior because we want them, you know, we don't want to, them to be losers. To be good kids and we want them to be well behaved <laughs> and and all the things, but it's important to show more just the love and and the and praise them and get excited for them for the little drawing that they did at school like it's i don't know it's so important that they feel that from you rather than just correcting bad behavior or inappropriate behavior i wanted to decorate our garage with uh like framed drawings of you know the you know you always get a thousand drawings right or a thousand (laughs) school projects but how cool would it be to put these up and put them in the garage is like instead of having you know the typical garage posters up you know, have those up because then when the kids walk in there, they see, hey, that was important enough to dad for him to put that up. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and when they get 100% on a paper, put it on the fridge because that was an accomplishment. It was amazing. Right. Right. Yep. Give them that sense of self-worth and that, you know, excitement that they did something great in it and it's being recognized. I think the last thing we need to cover real quick, love, before we wrap this up, is that kids need not only love themselves, but they need their parents to do something for them model of good behavior a good relationship they need good their parents to show them that they love each other mm-hmm. and the kids need to see that the parents are in love and that they have a safe stable calm home environment mm-hmm. it's really hard to feel love if you're not sure if dad's gonna hit mom or yell at mom you know, or it's really hard to feel loved if you're always getting yelled at mm-hmm. and it's chaos and there's not structure right it's, right. A, it's important to create an environment in your home where your kids can see that not only do you love them, but you love their mom or you love their dad. Yeah, that stability helps them to feel just safe, safe and where they can can be free to just be themselves. And and it does help them to feel loved, when even if it's not directly shown when they see that in their parents. It helps them, helps them to feel, I don't know, secure. Kids need love. Be present. Give them the presence of your presence and be present as you do so. Oh, that was good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. More, more like that next time on The Value Script. Don't forget to do your part here. Like, share, subscribe. Clickety click. We'll see you next time on The Value Script.